she'll be doing most of the preaching because she is the one got anointed today as pastor. So, <laughs> so she's going to do most of the talking. Why I play a support, I'll be the supporting cast. How about that? All right, praise the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord. We want to thank the Lord for his mercies. We want to thank the Lord for his goodness. The Lord has been good to us here at Mission Ebenezer. Is that not true? Come on, say like you mean it. All right, I want to hear a bigger amen. If God has been good to you, can you say a big amen to the Lord? Amen. See, this year is a has been a beautiful year for us, right? When God decided to make all things new for each and every one of us. Amen. It's a beautiful year. And this is the sixth month of this year. We are halfway in, right? It shows that God is a faithful God. He keeps to his promises. He keeps to his words. Amen. One more time, shout a big hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah! Now I say shout a big hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah! One more time, hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah! Awesome, awesome. Father, we thank you and we give you praise because you are good. Lord, you are faithful. You are wonderful. We thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, we ask that you fill our hearts and our minds with understanding. We ask for your glory to saturate this atmosphere. Lord, the Bible says you gave your word and great was the company of the preachers. We ask this morning that your word will come to us expressly. That your word will come to us with great understanding. Lord, that your word will come with us, to us with deep revelation. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will have your right of way this morning. Yes, Lord. Move unhindered. Yes, Lord. Move without limitations. Yes, Lord. Have your way, O oh God, for this is your sanctuary. Yes, Lord. We are your people, and we want to hear from you. Amen. Thank you, Lord, our God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Josh, Pastor Bumi, for this wonderful opportunity you've given to us to stand here and share uh, the word of God. And we also want to appreciate our big papa, Reverend Dr. Isaac Canales. Can you put your hands together for him? He is our papa. Praise the Lord. So this morning, um, we are going to talk about understanding your calling and working in them, like Pastor Josh alluded to. See, one of the greatest challenge we have as Christians, it's the fact that a lot of us think our sole purpose here is to go to heaven. If that is God's plan and purpose for you, he would have killed you the day you gave your life to Christ. 
Because if all he wants is for you to come to heaven, he would have done that. He would just zap you once you believe zapped. But we know there is more to you and I giving our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And understanding that is going to help us. You see, when you don't have a purpose for living, you just want to give up. A lot of people that give up in life because they have not discovered their purpose of existence. And because they can't find it. They just want to go away. But any man that have discovered their purpose for living, they will fight to exist. That's right. So that is why this morning, this topic is important to us as members of Mission Ebenezer. Understanding and knowing what God has in store for us. It helps us to live a better life as Christians. It helps us to know who we are. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. You didn't choose me, but I'm the one that chose you. And he didn't stop there. He said, I have also ordained you. I have chosen you and have ordained you that you might go forth and bear fruit that your fruits may abide. Okay. So speaking of the chosen, is he talking about pastors? Those that came up here? So, who is chosen? Look to your neighbor and say, he has chosen you right now. You know what? Just give him a high five. I am chosen. There you go. So, we just want that to sink in, you know, that you are chosen. He has called you. He has called me. The exercise that happened this morning it's just, you know, in every organization, in every setting, in every family, in any small group, there got to be somebody that we can say, oh, make sure this is happening. Watch over this. You know, facilitate this. That's what happened here. But you, in your homes, in your community, in your friendship circle, within your family, the anointing that happened this morning and that has happened even before now is on you to fulfill your purpose. So when the enemy tells you that you're nothing, when he tells you that you have nothing just because maybe you can speak in tongue or just because, you know, you, you have not been able to stand up here at the pulpit, that's a lie from the pit of hell. So, if there's anything we can start off from, is the fact that you are chosen. He chose you. He chose you. And that said, we're going to start off where we will go down today. First of all, on... before we go on, okay. see, that 
issue of being chosen, it's very, very important for you to understand it. It's very, very important for me to understand it. Okay? Think about it. I remember those of you that played sports or you played like um, go to the park, you go and play, you select teams, right? Sometimes you just want somebody to help your team win. And sometimes they pick you not because you are the best player, but they have to make up numbers sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, because they have to make up numbers sometimes. But in this case, it is not. God chose you because he has found you to be fit yes. to his plan. Yes. He picked you. He picked me up. And he always goes back to the fact that, look, you're not the one that picked me up. I picked you up. So it doesn't matter where you've been, knowing fully well that the master of the whole universe out of his infinite mercy and wisdom, pick me out of the line and say, you are mine. Amen. Praise God. Say, you are mine. Nobody can tell you otherwise. And it doesn't matter what kind of life you lived in the past, he said, you are mine. That's the most important thing than those other matters. All right. If you have your Bible, go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You're going to read it to yourself, and you're going to put your name there. It says, but I am a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God calls you a nation. You. It's not many. Me. I am a nation standing right here. I am royalty. I am his special person. He says, for what reason that you may, that I, Sandra Uchebulam, put your name there, may proclaim the praises of him that have called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what he did. So if there's any other voice that you have heard, any other speaking, any other thing that you have heard, because one thing is this, when you don't know who you are, how do you even know if you have a purpose? Some of us are sitting and we're wondering, oh, I'm waiting for God to reveal to me what my calling is. Meanwhile, your calling is right there with you. So start off this morning knowing that you're chosen, you're royalty, you're special, you're unique. You were created for a purpose. Why do we need to understand our calling? And why do we need to walk in it? Before we do that, let's go back to this Peter. It's fine. We have time. See, when you preach so, with another pastor, that's the problem. So, no. <laughs> there you go. Praise the Lord. Now, look at these. Two key things are important for us to understand here. Royalty. Thank you, Papa. I like that. Important. Okay, that means. Royalty. Priesthood. What are the functions? As a priest, you offer sacrifice to God. You have power with God. That's your function. You relate with God. 
Because you can accomplish God's purpose here on earth if you don't have relationship. If you are not able to bring down what God's plan is. So that's your function as a priest. As a king, then you have authority over what goes on here. Because where the king is, where his word is, there is law. That's right. So God intentionally made you a king and a priest all at the same time. Because you are a chosen nation. Amen. 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 So why do we need to understand that? Why do we have why why do you and I need to have a great understanding of what our purpose, what our giftings, what our talents are? Pastor Josh alluded to, you know, how the world is so dark. There's so many things going on. I mean, we live through the pandemic, praise the Lord. But is it over? Are the dangers that are roaming, are they over? Of course not. Why do you need it? Even Jesus, at some point, in fact, go to your Bibles, go to the book of John. We're going to read John chapter 9, verse 4. And if you have your note, you can write it down. So if we don't finish reading it, that's okay. John chapter 9, verse 4. We're also going to read Isaiah 61 to 9. Now, the verse 4 I think I should read that. This was Jesus after he healed a man that was blind from birth. And the Jewish people started asking, you know, I got you kind of question, you know, did the person sin or the apparent, why were they born blind and all of that? And Jesus said in verse 4, I want to read that. Praise the Lord. He said, I must want the words of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk. That's Jesus, God, in human flesh. He had to repeat that to himself. Why he needs to stay on track. Why he needs to do the things that he's supposed to do. Now, if you don't understand why you need to, in fact, it's so funny, as we were preparing for this message, we were both praying, you know, and God speaking to each of us separately, and, you know, early in the morning today, we were just going over, like, everything that we have, you know, been impressioned in our spirit to talk about, and this came. There was a revelation. God opened my eyes. Darkness. It was like people didn't understand why everywhere was so dark. And we were driving. So you go from a lighted place to a dark place. You know, police cars, you know, one after the other. They weren't coming like they come in chains. And they were careful because they felt that they could crush anybody at that point. And before I saw this... God dropped this uh, scripture in my mind. And Isaiah 62, uh, 60. You're going to read it. And, you know, we've, I've written, we've written stuff over the week just trying to prepare for this study. But the message started changing. Danger. Darkness. That will consume many. 
if you do not know your purpose. But not even just that. I think what the Lord, you know, as I was mowing over it and we began talking about it and he now told me some other things that God spoke to him within the week. It was evident that it's not just swallowing up, but God is looking for his people, the church that will be ready, that understands their mission. In this looming danger, you're going to be the light. You're going to be the one that will draw others by your giftings. It's not just standing up here. Yeah, Jesus the light of said the word. Right there. Isaiah 60. Go to Isaiah 60. We're going to do that very briefly. Isaiah chapter 60. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. From verse 1, he said, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. And his glory shall be seen upon thee. He said, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. That means you need to rise. How would they come to the brightness? If you've not risen, if you've not discovered what you're gifting. Okay, some of us might be sitting here and you're wondering, I don't have a gift. I can preach like you, you know. I don't even know how to quote any scripture. And yet, God gave you the gift of encouragement. God gave you the gift of help. God gave you the gift that you can look at somebody's face and you know to put your arm on their shoulder and they feel this calmness is a gift. God made you a priest over your homes. God gave you a mouth. You can talk. You can argue about politics. Go before the Lord and make your argument. That's your gift. You can intercede. You can bring reasons why your brother, your sister, your son, your child is need to be visited by God because you have the gift of talking. You don't have to pick up a mic. You don't have to stand at the pulpit. Discovering your purpose. Understanding that there's something God is doing and he needs each of us, you and I, every one of us, gifted with something. If you're looking, we're, we're going to read some scripture that will just help you, you know, just... Pray that out. My husband talked about, I believe, uh, John 15, talking about the vine. Have you plugged in? Are you disconnecting from your source? Because that's how we discover our gift. When you're plugged in, when you're sitting with him, when you're, you know, just letting him love on you. This is, finish that scripture, maybe on your own time. I think we need to read verse 4. Okay. Verse 4 says, lift up thy eyes round about. Yes. Okay. <laughs> lift up thy eyes round about. Mm-hmm. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Mm-hmm. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed by thy side. You see, discovering your purpose 
discovering what God has for you will allow you to raise your head up. Amen. Will allow you to raise your head up and until your head is raised up, you cannot see the need around you. But once you discover your purpose, your head is up because you know who you are. That's and right. once you understand who you are, then you begin to see even more need. He said they will flock around you, just like she said. You know, somebody, you reach out and lay your hand on their shoulder. They feel so blessed and so good. The next time they are telling their friend, uh, you haven't even talked to that sister over there. She can help you. That's right. That's how it goes. All of a sudden, everybody that have that kind of need, they are coming to you because somebody said to somebody, talk to that person, talk to that person. All right. So if you do and you're still confused about your gifting, go to the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 8. Just write it down, read it there, so, because you don't have to stand here. And I tell you, <laughs> if there was anybody that never want to be at the forefront, I love to walk behind. I love to walk behind the scene, one-on-one, -on -one, two people at a time. That, that was me. That was me. So you start somewhere. Look at the things that God is putting in you. Maybe you have gift of administration. You can put things together. You can, you know, you're, you're not that kind of person that likes things being disordered. That's a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift that you can raise. And I want to touch on what he said. How understanding your purpose makes you confident. How many of you know that the devil is on a rampage and he's using false prophets, he's using false teachers and they can smell you when you don't understand your purpose and they prey on you. They can smell you when you're that one that is hung down, you needy, because you don't know who you are. And they go to work with you. And they truncate the plan of God for your life. So if there's any reason why you need to rise up, why you need to allow his glory upon your life. You need to understand who he has called you to be. Now, it doesn't mean that all your problems are solved. It doesn't mean that you don't have issue. But even in spite of your issue, you know who you are. You know your calling. You know that you're a child of destiny. You know that you're called to shine forth his marvelous light to the generation. As you're seeking for your need, you are dragging somebody behind you. You're meeting someone else's need. I need a pastor in my life. And somebody thinks I'm a pastor in their life. And somebody sees the person behind me as a pastor in their life. It's a chain. Let's read verse 5 and you will understand this. He said, then thou shalt see and flow together. And thy heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. This is 
all of us together. Imagine that everybody in this church know what God wants them to do. Understand it. You don't have to understand it completely. You can just start, oh, I love to do this. I'm going to do it unto the Lord. I, I, I can do this well. I know when I, when I pray a little bit, God shows me stuff and I can go to somebody and say, this is what God is saying. I'm going to do it more. I know I can clean the bathroom of the church. I'm going to come do that. I know I can share the track, you know, come out for evangelism. I'm going to do that. I don't have to talk. I can just smile. That's my gift. And the Bible says if we are faithful in little things, he's going to commit bigger things into our hands. And he said, if we're not faithful in little things, how can he commit bigger things into our hands? Right? So that's why, start where you are. Start with what you know. See, David became the king of Israel, over Israel, but he started tending sheep. That's it. Right? He was isolated, lonely in the bush, all alone. The only friend he had was the animals that he was tending. And the bears. That and the bears that always come to fight against the... And he learned how to fight, right? By fighting against bears and lions. He got trained with the toughest and the roughest. So when he came out to the scene, see, that is the thing, what you do behind the closed doors, right? And what you do behind closed doors is the most important thing and that's what gets you ready. Not what you see in the open. He was alone in the bush with no one. But when he came, everybody saw him and accepted him as king over them. Because right? God equipped him. God, God equipped, equipped him. him. He, he understood he, who he was. Right? And allowed God to train him. And allowed God to use him. Starting with what you know. This is who I am. You know, you always like see people that, did, that will always tell you, this is me. Have you heard that before? This is me. That's who I am. Okay, okay, we accept that's who you are. Then start with who you are. Let's start from there. Understand, since you know who you are, what is it that God has put in your hand as who you are? Okay. Maybe you're the kind. Let's, let's look at Moses. Remember, he was in the king's palace as a prince. As an Egyptian prince, right? He knew he got something. And he tried to do some things the way he thought best. But God was looking at that. Remember when he came out and wanted to fight for his people? He killed an Egyptian, buried him because they were fighting against an Israelite? That wasn't how God wanted it. But it was a gift. God saw something in him. Now, let's bring it back. Some of you are like, you know, I get angry so weak. I can't stand people acting foolish. How about take that same gift and you cannot stand the devil messing with you or your family. And you go before God and say, God, I'm not agreeing. Not my family. Not my life. Turn that around. That's your gift. So for you, God didn't create you to be like some people that are diplomatic and quiet. He trained you to be just, then do that to the devil. Use it. Don't agree. Don't settle. That's your gift. You're a fighter. 
You fight on your knee. You fight where you get results. And not get mad at everybody and cause problems for yourself. Say, Lord, I think I'm discovering that this anger, the devil, you've been messing with me, thinking that my life is finished, accusing me that I'm not a child of God. Guess what? This is my training ground. This is a gift. Flip the script on the enemy. Because God will see that. Like he said to Moses. Remember Moses after he has left into the wilderness because he was running. His strength, because he was using wrongly, couldn't carry him. He ran for his life. But right in the bush, he had this staff in his hand. Moses was a stutterer. I mean, he, uh, like he couldn't bring out anything, you know, cohesive. And when God came to him. Now, we're going to look at the excuses. That's where I'm going with this. The excuses we make when we don't want to do some things that God is asking us to do. Like Moses. He gave excuses. He told God, what you're telling me to do? Don't you see that I can't even speak? Can't you see it? And God said, don't you have a brother that talks too much? Aaron? Get him. I'll use his mouth. I'll tell you something. You tell Aaron, and Aaron tells the Egyptians. So there's no place for excuses. Then he had this rod. He was comfortable, you know, carrying the sheep around and doing all kinds of things. And God said, what is it in your hand? He said, a staff. And God said, I can use it. What do you have? I can use your home. We've been talking about discipleship. People opening up their home. And God is asking you this morning, what do you have in your hand that I can use? With that same staff, the Bible records, it was the same staff that broke, you know, it half the Red Sea, right? It became a mantle of power, your gifting, your ability to organize, your ability to, to encourage, your ability. Why am I going into the little things that people don't often see as a gift? Because we always cheated. The devil wants to have us in a place where you think that until I mount the pulpit, until I am made a pastor, until I'm a teacher and I can teach everybody, until I can do the big things, then I'm not gifted. You are gifted. Look around you and ask the Lord to open your eyes to see it and start small. Start somewhere. Give God what you have. Say, Lord, I see this today. I have this mantle. I have my mouth. I have my eyes. I have my beautiful smile. I have my home. Whatever it is. I can't, I'm man. I can't speak to you, but I know that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Pointing to the things that you have, that are giftings, that are talents that he can use. Imagine all of us rise up to that all together. That will be bringing the kingdom of God down on earth. I see this in heaven. And that is so true. 
Maybe you're also part of the people that God has given resources for the work of the kingdom. You have to bring money. See, God's work needs money. That's right. True or false? Oh, no, you're not sorry because now we are talking about money. I'm not preaching about money, but I'm saying... It's a gift. I'm saying your gift might be to bring resources for the work of the ministry. Kingdom financiers. Kingdom financiers. God has people in so many areas of life. But, again, I always tell people... For example, you don't pray for miracles. You know, we pray for miracles. God, I need miracle. God, I need miracle. You know, stop praying that I need miracle. It doesn't make any sense if you're not doing anything that will bring that miracle. That's right. You know, you pray. Let's just take for a simple example, right? You need a job. You need God miracle for a job, but you're not applying for any job. How is it going to happen? <laughs> yeah, how are you going to get one? God, God doesn't do that kind of magic. I know sometimes he will do some things, right? But it doesn't always work like that. He will always use with what you have. God works with what you have in your hand, no matter how little. And that's why Jesus said, even if you have a seed as small as a mustard seed, I'm going to make it to blossom, right? I mean, your faith, if it's as small as mustard seed, why is he saying that? I will magnify the smallest thing that is in your hand. And Jesus, I mean, the word of God told us, he says, he will bless the works of our hand. He will bless the works. If your hand doesn't have any work, what is he going to bless? So it's important that as we round up, as we, you know, we are saying, one, start with what you have. Can we take note of that? Start with what you have and don't give excuses. Don't look down on yourself and say, I'm not fit. I'm not qualified. I don't have anything. No, you have something. No, you have something. You have Holy Ghost. Amen. We all have Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our time is dwindling down. So let's just recap a little bit. You are gifted. You are chosen. He chose you. He knows who you are from your mother's womb. He saved you in order to use you. He's graced you with enormous giftings. You're a nurse in the hospital? Use it. That's a gift. You're a teacher in the classroom? Use it. That's a gift. You're a cleaner. You clean people's homes. You go over there and you declare the praise, the presence of God in that home and you make proclamation that people in this home, that they will know Jesus, that they will love Jesus. That's a gift. Use it. You go to your offices, you see troubled people. Step up. Step up on your knee. Whatever it is, just that you're good at. That profession that you love so much, or maybe you don't, but you finally figure out, oh my goodness, God is, I can, I understand this. Use it to his glory. That's your giftings. Know who you are. Use your gift. The Bible says in Romans 8, 19, that the earnest expectation of creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. You 
and I are the sons of God. We need to manifest. We need to manifest. You know, one movie comes to mind, I'm sure many of us, you know, watched Chronicles of Narnia, right? Remember the, those kids that they had, one had, you know, spread, you know, they had things that were weapons, that were gifts, that were supposed to help them, that were supposed to help, you know, the atmosphere, the environment. But they were carrying it around, not knowing what they had. The day they discovered that what they had and pulled one out, the earth started responding. The ice started melting. Green leaves started coming out from everywhere. That's what the world is waiting for. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for me. So use what you have. Praise the Lord with what you have. Serve the Lord with what you have. Right there. Don't come here and warm the pews anymore. Find your place in the house. No more excuses. No more believing the lies of the enemy. No more believing that you cannot. No more believing or making spiritual laziness over. Today we're going to say to the Lord, here I am. Use me. Here I am, use me. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know what I have. Then you're going to be praying a prayer this morning. Saying, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Just like Ephesians chapter 1. Open the eyes of my understanding. Enlighten me. That I will have a revelation of, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't go praying that prayer alone. We're praying it here and it's over. Then you walk out, do what God has called you to do. The, God is not going to come to the sky and say, oh, oh, Melinda, oh, Lisa, my daughter, you're gifted with the gift of teaching. There's something you can do now. Start. Start. Stay on it. With the power of the Holy Ghost, you will see how God uses those to do wonders. Don't be lazy. We got the strength of the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, the engrafted word of God. You cannot do anything without him. Anything done in the flesh does not please the Lord. When I teach in my classroom, I teach like a minister, they know it. And the devil hears it, the demons, if you are, my student knows that if whatever you're carrying, once you enter through my door, and I tell them, it's over. This territory is of the Holy Ghost, and I take my position. I know who I am. And I, you know, I possess wherever God gives me, whatever territory that God is giving you, your home. You're going to go home today a different person. Not bowing your head. Standing up. Knowing what you do that are right. If you like to clean, say devil, as I'm cleaning physically, I am also cleaning spiritually my home. I'm clearing out whatever the enemy has planted in my home. Today, out. That's my gift. Praise the Lord. As we go into prayer, we're going to be going to prayer in a few minutes, seconds. But I want to read this scripture. See, one of the things that as we are praying, God started putting in our heart is the fact that a lot of people, they feel so inadequate, right? They feel like you have this feeling of rejection. Some people feel that way. As if they, they amount to nothing. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 9 says this. Take note of this. He said, thou whom I have taken. Is your opponent. 
from the ends of the earth and call thee from the chief men thereof and say unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. So you have no place, or rather, rejection have no place in your life because God that created you did not cast you away. That's right. God did not reject you. So you cannot reject yourself or feel inadequate within you or allow the devil to make you feel inadequate or allow the enemy or people around you to talk you down because that's what men do. They talk other people down. Or maybe allow, your background. Or maybe maybe your you've background. gone through things in life and you are told constantly that you're nothing. You're worth nothing. Your life experiences have made you all, in fact, you have believed a lie. Today, we're going to drop the lie of the enemy. We don't believe in it. We don't believe in it. Tell the devil, you, I have no time anymore to stay in your life. I'm stepping into my purpose. I'm stepping into my calling. And I'm going to walk in that calling. And you cannot yes. stop it. When the thought comes, you, when those thought comes again and somebody you, revives Jesus. it, tell the devil, not me. You can fly over my head, but you can't make a nest on my head. You're, you cast it out. You cast the imagination. You cast the suggestions out of your life and continue to walk in your purpose. Jesus. Praise the Lord.